0: The uh, the crowd is a little low. You are to be commended for coming to church on a three day weekend. For some of you, a four day weekend. But I'm glad you're here. I know a lot of people travel and have different. Uh, uh, the first Sunday that we're officially out of school. After that, all that, and so I'm I'm glad you're here. God has you here uh, for a reason this morning. And if you're not here and you're listening on uh, the uh, Uh, podcast or the website. We missed you and uh, we look forward to seeing you again. But if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to uh, the gospel of Mark in the New Testament, Mark chapter 14. We're in week two of a three-week series we began last week that we're calling Big Risk. And uh, if you were here with us last week, I shared that in these three weeks, what we're going to be doing is uh, We're going to be introduced to three new prayers, three prayers that we're being challenged uh, to introduce into our prayer life. Last week, many people committed to pray daily, God search my heart. And so if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go back and catch up. Uh, Just a a powerful passage of Scripture that challenged us to allow God to have access to our hearts and anything that was in there that was offensive or might uh, offend Him. And uh, I've had so many people uh, this past week contact me and... Message me and tell me, you know, I've been praying that prayer and what God's been doing in their lives and speaking into uh, their lives this week. And so excited about that. But I'm going to just tell you today's prayer. uh, I kind of picked this because I knew Memorial Day weekend is normally one of our lowest attended weekends of the year, right? And so this, I I thought, you know, out of the three, this is probably going to be the prayer that we're going to be challenged to pray that the majority of people won't accept, okay? So I thought, all right, well, let's take the smallest crowd and let's give them the hardest one and the most difficult because, really, you're the committed ones anyway, right? I mean, you're the ones that are here on Memorial Day weekend. And so I'm going to tell you, uh, this is going to be the most difficult of the three to commit to, uh, but I believe that... uh, Uh, This is by far the biggest risk prayer that we could pray. Some of you won't like it. Some of you won't do it. That's all well and fine because it's not a safe prayer. It's not a common prayer like we talked about last week. And it definitely doesn't feel good because a lot of people today view Christianity. Their idea of Christianity is that God is always going to make our life better right? Because we are, we are in a relationship with God. Everything's always going to go good and be good. But I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this morning, uh, this prayer, I believe has the potential. If you'll open your heart, uh, to the work of God in your life will will change you forever as a follower of Jesus. And so the prayer that I'm going to ask you to consider praying today is simply this two words, break me. God, break me. And some of you are there. But I just believe this morning that none of us here, if we were honest, would say, I want to pray that prayer. I don't believe any of us uh, would say that, that we want to pray that, that. That would be a big risk for us to start asking God to, to break us. Wouldn't you agree? We began to pray that prayer. But here's the deal. I've seen countless Christian people and followers of Jesus that were broken. And I mean broken as someone could possibly be broke. Uh, I've seen people and in that brokenness, they could have never imagined the blessing and the intimacy with God that was on the other side of the brokenness and in the healing of that. And listen, you don't don't have to pray this this morning, but I just want to ask you this morning to consider, okay, to give God permission to do a greater work in your heart and your life. That you would give God permission to go in and break some chains, go in and and do a work in your life that would bring you closer to him and into a more intimate relationship with Him, and so uh, today I'm, I want to encourage you to simply pray, God, break me in whatever way, in, in, however that that I need to be broken today. God, break me. And so to study this today, we're gonna we're gonna be looking at two different stories from the Bible. And what's really cool uh, about this is both of these stories can be found in uh, Mark uh, chapter fourteen here. The first story that we're going to look at deals with with a prostitute And we don't know the situation. We don't know the cards that this woman has been dealt that has led her and caused her to enter into uh, this lifestyle. But whatever it was, she was living a life where other women would look upon her and hate her and resent her for who she was and what she was. She would be looked upon uh, uh, by men as something just to to be used. And she was also, as a prostitute, would be living a life of shame because of her lifestyle and and the occupation that she was in. But uh, whatever it was, uh, you know, uh, she she came in contact with someone at some point in her life who treated her differently, right? She came in contact with a man, uh, maybe for the very first time for a man to ever treat her this way, but she was shown honor. She was treated with uh, respect. Uh, He loved her appropriately and it had a huge impact on her life to be treated this way and to come in contact with Jesus. And so she wanted to uh, uh, worship him. And so we find in the the scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning that she did it in the most sacrificial way that she could possibly think of uh, in her mind. And and her extravagant act of worship, uh, you also see as you read the story, confused everybody else. No one else could understand or even accept why she did what she did is she worshiped uh, her Savior. But I want you to listen to how Mark records this in, in the gospel of Mark chapter 14, starting at verse three. It's a very interesting story. It says, while Jesus was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman and we know from Luke's gospel who, who this woman is, the sinful woman, the prostitute woman. She came into the house with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Now, I just want to stop here real quick and, and notice a couple of things in this and, and point out whose home Jesus was in. He was in the home of Simon the Who. Simon the leper, right? Now, we know from history, uh, if you've studied the Bible much at all, you know lepers were people that... That, that other people avoided, right? They, they wouldn't want to be around lepers because they would be considered unclean and highly contagious. And we know that, that from history that everyone else would run from lepers. But what is it that Jesus did? Jesus would be a friend to the lepers, wouldn't he? He wouldn't he would want to be a, a help to them. He would want to bring healing to them. And, and so you've got this story here. You've got Jesus, a leper, and a prostitute. And that sounds like the beginning of a really bad joke, doesn't it? I mean, there was Jesus, a leper, and a prostitute, and they go into a bar. And, and no, they didn't. But but anyway, it's just it's, this unusual group of people that have gathered together in this one place, in this home. They're in the house with some other disciples. And so this prostitute busts into the home. She comes into this place carrying this very expensive bottle of perfume. And just so that you can understand the magnitude of what happens here and what is taking place here, we learn from other Gospels that this bottle of perfume was worth like one year's wages. Okay, that was the value of this perfume, It it was rare. It wasn't very easy uh, to come by. It was extremely valuable. Now, ordinary women back at this time didn't even wear perfume, right? Because number one, they couldn't afford it. But number two, uh, the women who would wear perfume at that time were basically the prostitutes. And the prostitutes would wear these uh, uh, perfumes as kind of like their calling card. And so if a man was walking down the street or wherever he may be, and he smelled a woman that was uh, wearing uh, perfume, then he would know that she was sending a message that she was available And so it was something that was kind of preserved for uh, the the women who were prostitutes. And again, this perfume was very, very valuable, worth about a year's wages. Then the next part of the verse says this. She did what with the jar? She broke it. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Don't miss this. She broke and she poured Okay. And if you go on to read the story, some people freaked out about this. You know, what are you doing? Stop. You know, don't waste that. You know, you, are, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? Don't you know what that's worth? And, you know, I've heard sermons before preached on this. And, and and they would say that the people there, you know, didn't have enough faith or, you know, they didn't get it and all this. And I'm not going to judge those people because if I would have been there and I would have seen this, you know, Prostitute comes storming in a room with a bottle of perfume that's worth a year's wages. You know, think about how much money you make in a year. All right? This perfume was the equivalent to that, right? And so she's beginning to break this bottle and to pour it completely out over Jesus' head. I would have been thinking the same thing. Are you crazy? You know, give him a drop. We'll sell the rest, you know, and and feed the hungry or or whatever. And so I'm not going to judge them because that's exactly what I would have been thinking because it seemed crazy what she was doing. Listen, this act of worship was more extravagant than anything we could ever imagine. We think we sacrifice in worship by standing during three songs, (laughs) right? This is the most extravagant act of worship that could be shown to Jesus uh, by this woman because what was she saying here? Basically, she's saying, I'm giving you my whole life here. I'm giving you my all. I'm giving you the most valuable possession that I have And this right here, this bottle of perfume, it represents my past. But right now, it's about to represent my future. I'm leaving my past behind. I'm giving up my source of income. Right? And my life savings, probably. I'm giving all that up. I'm giving all that away. Why? Because Jesus loved her in a way That she had never been loved. And so she broke open the most valuable possession she had. And she broke it. And she poured it all out. In one selfless and extravagant moment of worship. Broken and poured out. That's the first story. The second story I find interesting uh, here comes Right after this story of, uh, of the perfume. And in this story, Jesus is having his last meal with the disciples. He's gathered with his closest friends there. He knows that the cross is imminent. He knows that he's about to be uh, beaten and, and, and go through the crucifixion. He knows what's about to take place. And this is how Mark records that event in the next passage of scriptures there in verses 22 through 24. Mark writes it like this. He said, while they were eating, Jesus took bread... And when he had given thanks, then what did he do? He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is what? Poured out for many, he said to them. Don't you find it interesting that these two stories are just stacked right there together in Mark's gospel? Broken and poured out. My body is broken for you. My blood will be poured out for you. My jar is broken in an act of worship. And I pour it all out because I'm giving you everything that I am and everything that I have. Broken and poured out. Luke writes about this same story in his gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, right? Uh, He he records this same story. Luke was at the table. Mark was at the table. The rest of the disciples was there. And as Luke writes about it, he picked up on something that Mark didn't point out in his writing. And I want you to look at what Luke said about this in in chapter 22, verse 19. He said basically the same thing. He said, Jesus took bread... He gave thanks and did what? There it is again, right? He broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Now notice what he said differently than what Mark said. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Now as followers of Christ, most Christians know that as followers of Jesus, we often look at these passages of scriptures right here when we take communion right? When we're about to receive uh, the Lord's Supper, we take the bread, we take the juice, and we do this in remembrance of him. We celebrate the death. We celebrate the resurrection uh, of Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. And all Bible scholars agree that this refers to celebrating communion and the ritual uh, and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. But some scholars think, and I, and I tend to agree with what some other scholars think and, and feel about this, is that it means more than just that, right? Jesus says, do this, but, but what does it mean? Well, for sure it means to celebrate and, and to remember the sacrifice that, that was made for each and every one of us, but maybe it could also mean this, that as he was broken... And as he was poured out, that we should somehow participate in that as well. Not just as a ritual, but to live as Jesus lived. Because we find all throughout Scripture that God calls us to do that, right? God calls us to live as Jesus lived and to love like Jesus loved. We're to die to ourselves daily So that we can live to his glory. So when the Bible says to do this, what if? What if it's it's saying, don't just do it as an act to remember, but may you also be broken and poured out as well. The Apostle Paul, some of you familiar with his writings, we study a lot on Wednesday night. Apostle Paul said this, I'm poured out like a drink offering, giving God everything that I have to bring him glory. Broken and poured out. God will break you. Life guarantees it, right? Some of you that have been around here a while know I talk, uh, when I talk about my pastor that I'm talking about Jim Sanders. He was, uh, uh, for those of you that that are kind of new around here, he was the pastor uh, of this church for 27 years. I was his youth pastor for about 15 uh, of those 27 years, and and he's my pastor. Uh, About 10 years ago, I guess, while he was pastoring here, his youngest daughter, uh, who was named Melissa, it was my age at the time. She and I went to school together. She was 40 years old at the time. She had a stroke and died a few days later from complications to the stroke. Um, I remember that when that event occurred, um, it was my task to stand in this very spot right here one Sunday morning and try to preach. And... Um, The task that I had in front of me that day was to try to say something to the church that would uh, bring some hope and bring some healing to our family that was hurting and broken. Our shepherd was broken. Broken in a way that uh, some of us Mike can relate to, but for the most part, probably can't. Uh, Our church was broken. My words that day weren't adequate. And as we walked through that with our pastor, and we walked through that together as a church family, through that brokenness, I just felt that Brother Jim was about to teach us all something. Something about being broken and poured out. He told me one day, he said, uh, he said, you know, when Melissa died, God brought me to a place to where I had to place my faith in everything that I'd been preaching to everybody else for almost 40 years. (laughs) He said, it brought me to a point in my own faith and in my own life that I had to live by that and I had to trust that and I had to buy what I'd been selling uh, for all those years. And, And, you know, he demonstrated this incredible faith Uh, to us and to everyone that he came in contact with. He demonstrated that in particular to this church for the next five years that he continued to lead us and and, and to shepherd us. Was he ever the same? No. But neither were we. Because we had gone through that with him. With him and, and Sandra. Broken and poured out. Craig Groeschel, one of my favorite pastors, he said it like this. He said, we impress people with our strengths, but we connect through our weaknesses. Right? We may impress people with how strong we are. Right? But we connect in even deeper ways through our brokenness and through our pain. I always uh, admired Brother Jim because of his strengths. He, he was an amazing guy. He was very talented. He was one of those people that could do anything and do it the best. One of those people that make you sick, literally, right? I mean, could do everything. For those of you that have never met him, uh, he's going to be preaching for us here uh, one Sunday in the month of June. So you'll be introduced to him and you'll go, Man, wish that guy was our pastor. Just incredible guy. I always admired him. But then we saw him broken. In extreme brokenness. And I believe we came together as a church. I believe it was during that time. As we struggled and stumbled and fumbled through that time. That God was preparing us for what he had for us ahead. And in the future. And we came together as a church, I believe, during that time, stronger. Uh, like we, we came through that like we had never come through something before. It was more like family during those times. And, and, and you know, I was thinking about the other day as I, uh, I've talked to several families this week that are just going through some, some tough stuff. And to hear them cry and to hear their voices shake and to see the tears well up in their eyes. I thought, you know, maybe God in his infinite wisdom when he created us and he created uh, the tears. You know, the, when we cry, those tears could have come from anywhere, right? I mean, they could have come out of our ears. They could have, you know, they do come out of our nose. But tears could come out of any part of our body, really. But, but I believe that God in, in his infinite wisdom created us so that the tears would come out of our eyes so people could look us in the eye and see our pain and connect to our brokenness and our hurt through those tears. And I've sat with grieving families time after time whose eyes have been filled with tears and they're broken and I've heard them say, this is absolutely the worst thing. This is the worst thing I wouldn't wish this on anybody. And then months later and maybe even years later, I would hear them say it again. You know, that's absolutely the worst thing that I've ever been through in my life. But I've never been closer to God (laughs) than I am now because we went through that together. I've never been closer to God because he carried me. Through those times and now I have a stronger relationship with him and not just that but the those people that walk through that brokenness with you. They become even closer and stronger friends than they ever would have been before in the past because they came with you in many days. Not only did they help you along but they carried you along. Right and and so you know we can't even uh, imagine. Praying. Because there are some of you here today that could stand up here and you could tell your story of being broken and none of you would have ever asked for it. And so we can't even imagine to to, to pray a prayer actually asking God to break us like that, can we? We can't imagine that. But but just to give you maybe a, a little better understanding of what I believe God's wanting to speak into us here this morning is this. Being broken is not just a moment being broken isn't just an instance, although it can happen in a moment just like that. We can find ourselves broken that. Some of you know that. But what I want you to see today is this, is that it's an ongoing brokenness that we need. Ongoing as God breaks us uh, of our own sinfulness, as God breaks us of our own will, as God breaks us of what's standing in between us and Him as our Savior and Lord. And then He continues to teach us to depend on him. And sometimes we have to get to a place of brokenness before we understand we're totally dependent on God for everything. Sometimes in our lives, we get to a place to where we're dependent on us because we got it all together. We can do this. We've got a great job. We've got everything going our way. You know, we don't need God. And then God brings us to a situation where we understand and see who it is that we really need. We are not controlled. He is in control. And many of you here uh, today know this, but life's greatest pain and brokenness often will lead to God's greatest blessings. Just just think about it. When you look at the people of the Bible, we see this time and time and time again. I talk about Peter a lot. It's just because I can relate to Peter and, and some of the, the things that he did and some of the things that he said. But, but think about Peter. He said, I will never deny you, Jesus. I, when everybody else runs away, when everybody else walks away, if everybody else denies you, I will never deny you. And then what did he do? He denied him three times. And Jesus is looking Peter right square in the eye when Peter denies that he knows him. And what happened? Peter broke. Peter was broken. He was absolutely broken broken. But later on, we see that Jesus brought him to a place of healing. Jesus brought him to a place to where he forgave Peter. And what happened after that brokenness? Peter was poured out, right? Peter became one of the greatest preachers that, you know, that's ever walked on the face of this earth. He preached on the day of Pentecost and 3000 people were saved that day those people that seem to be the most broken, those people that seem to have been through the most extreme pain seem to be the people that God uses the greatest, right? And don't miss this. Don't miss this. I shared this with a a class this morning. God doesn't cause the pain. God doesn't cause the hurt. That comes from the broken world that we live in that was introduced by sin. God didn't cause that. God doesn't cause the hurt. God doesn't cause the cancer. God doesn't cause the pain. But let me tell you something. He will never waste it. And there's probably some of you here today And you don't want to be broken. And you don't want to pray this prayer today. And that's okay because you don't have to pray this prayer today to be a follower of Jesus Christ. (laughs) But I believe there's some of you here today. and, And you could probably preach this sermon better than I ever could right now because you're in the middle of it you're in the middle of it and there's some of you and either right now or, or at some point you're going to get to a place to where you're breaking and everything seems to be just crumbling uh, down around you. Some of you have been there. Some of you are there now. And some of you, it's coming. For some of us, it's coming. And we, so we've got to get to a place sometimes in our life to where we just admit to God, you know what? I'm broke and I need God. God. We need God and we need his people. But most of all, we need God and we can't care what anybody else thinks. Sometimes we just got to get out on our hands and knees and on our face before God and say, God, you're the one that I need. You're the only one that I can really depend on. And I'm broken I'm broken and I, I just need you, God, because when we get to that point in our lives of being broken, and I promise you, if you've not been there and if you're not in it, it's coming because life guarantees it. You can either run to God or unfortunately, unfortunately, like so many people do, they run from God. You can either run to God or you can run from God and the best advice that I can give you today is just to break wide open, right? Just to break wide open and fully depend on God and let him begin to do a healing work in your life. We've got to get to a point to where we're going to decide we're going to run to Jesus instead of running uh, away from Jesus. And just like Jesus, break my body Break my sin. Break me of me so that I can serve you with all of my life. And and don't miss this this morning. The gospel, Christianity is an invitation to come and die. Christianity is an invitation to come and die. Die to yourself so that Jesus can live through you. When the sinful woman broke open the jar, she poured it all out. Symbolizing, you know, I'm giving you my whole life broken and poured out. When Jesus' body was broken, it was broken for you and and it was broken for me. His blood was poured out. So that our sins could be forgiven. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Broken and poured out so that we can serve Jesus with all of our hearts and all of our lives. Our mission as a church, and we've talked about this the last few weeks, but our mission of the church is this. It's to make disciples. It's to lead people to Jesus, right? And not only is it to lead people to Jesus, but our mission as a church is to help them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And I want to be perfectly honest with you today because it's just us. I mean, it's just us faithful ones here today, right? I want to be honest with you today. The reality is this. There are too many people that are sitting in churches today that are not fully devoted followers of Jesus. And they're just partially devoted followers of Jesus doing it when it's convenient for them and when they have time for it. And if you're here today and that hit a nerve, if you realize that you're not a fully devoted follower, but you're a partially devoted follower of Jesus, I would encourage you today to pray a very risky prayer. God, break me so that I can be fully dependent on you. Whatever it takes, God. I want to know you intimately and serve you faithfully because I trust you. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes, God. Break me so that I can be full poured out. So that I can be poured out and fully surrendered and fully devoted to you and who you are. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, I pray that in these next few minutes that your uh, Holy Spirit would be free to do the work that you want to do here today. I believe today is going to be a defining moment for some people that are here. And I pray that you would do a work that only you can do. With heads bowed, I just want to invite some of you to pray today. If God is uh, speaking to you about being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, maybe you need to make your way to these altars today. I just want to encourage you today to let today be the day that you come before God and say, God, do whatever it takes. Do whatever you need to do. But I want to commit to being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you just need to make that confession and that profession that you don't want to walk out of here today being anything other than a fully devoted follower of Jesus, broken and poured out. Maybe this past week you've been praying, God, search my heart. Show me if there's anything that's offensive in me. And I believe if you've been praying that prayer, He showed you something. something that's not pleasing to him, something that shouldn't be there. And maybe this morning you just need to make that your broken prayer. Maybe you need to come today and say, God, break me of that. Whatever it is that he's put his finger on this past week, you just need to come today and say, God, break me of that. Break me of my pride. Break me of my anger. Break me of my selfishness. Break me of my lust. Break me of whatever it is. But Jesus, just start there. Because when God breaks you of that, what you're going to see on the other side of that brokenness are the blessings of God in your life and in your family. Life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. So would you have the courage today to come and pray that? Maybe you just feel you need to come today and lay some brokenness at His feet today. I want to invite you to come today. Pray for brokenness. Pray for healing. But most importantly, that we would be poured out totally, fully devoted to Christ. Anyone this morning before we pray. God, I just want to thank you today for a church of people that are so beautiful and they reflect you in so many ways and the things that they do. And God, I trust today that you're doing a, a great work in the hearts and lives of some people that are here today. And God, I just pray today that you would break every single one of us of whatever it needs to be that needs to be broken in our lives. Maybe it's a habit, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's the way we've treated someone in a relationship. God, I I don't know what it is, but I believe with all my heart that there are things in our lives that you would like to break. And so I pray that we'd be available for you to be able to do that today. Break us of whatever it is that we need to be broken of. And ultimately, I pray that we'll recognize that without you, we're already broken. So whenever things begin to unravel around us and, and we begin to experience difficult days and difficult situations, I pray that we would have the faith and the courage just to break wide open and say, God, I totally and completely need you and I need your people. We need each other. So God, break us to the point where we know that we have nothing else to hold on to but to you. And then we'll recognize that you are all that we ever needed in the first place. God, you're working on our church. It's obvious and it's evident. And through the brokenness that so many people are experiencing right now in their lives and in their families, it's, it's been overwhelming, actually. But God, through that, we're seeing your blessings. We're seen in great brokenness, great blessings. And it's because that's the kind of God you are. So we trust you, God. We trust you and we love you because you're a good God. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.